This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Well, hello, everybody. This is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio, and it has been a couple of weeks since I've been on, and I just wanted to let you guys know I had a little situation where I found out I had a bit of skin cancer. Um, It was taken care of because it was caught early. So even with all the craziness that's going on in the world, please be sure and take care of yourself. It's hard, I know. Uh, We're all trying to figure things out. Uh, There's a lot of things going on that kind of drive us all a bit nuts. And so I think it's very important that we all continue to take care of ourselves, keep those regular checkups, um, everything else, and also to give ourselves a bit of escapism. And I have a great book for you to escape into today and the fabulous author that wrote it. So let me tell you about Terry Wilson, who is Publisher Weekly's best-selling author and creator of the Hallmark Channel original movie, Unleashing Mr. Darcy, Marrying Mr. Darcy, The Art of Us, and Northern Lights of Christmas, based on her book, Playbell Sweethearts. She's also a recipient of the prestigious Rita Award for Excellence in Romantic Fiction for her novel, The Bachelor's Baby Surprise. She has a major weakness for cute animals, pretty dresses, and Audrey Hepburn films, and she loves following the British royal family. So anytime Harry and Meghan want to call in, we are so happy for this. Um, and feel free to visit her at BookBub, Goodreads, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Welcome to the show, Terry. How are you today? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. So, you know, it's fun when I, I look at your website. You have the most fabulous website. I mean, really, it, it, the design is fantastic. I know it is right. I mean, I'm not. I can't, I mean, it's not bragging to say that because I certainly am not responsible for doing it myself. <laughs> In fact, the reason why I have such a pretty website is because my agent. A few years ago, my agent kept calling me. Like every few months, my agent would call me, my literary agent, and she would say, mm-hmm. "Terry, your website is hideous. You need to do something about it." <laughs> and so, okay, I was trying to do it myself, and I'm not like a web developer. So, um, yeah, so I hired a wonderful designer named Janine Rashawn and um, yes she does my website and she does such a great job I mean it really is gorgeous she's really good too at like tailoring things you know to individual branding because it's so neat when you look at it right it just really oh yeah kind of matches my personality yeah well and it's fun too because you you can see the different books you've written um, in the website design so it's really kind of a really cool um, blending of not only you know, your personality about what you write about. So when someone goes to your site, you're like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to read if I read one of her books. And that's cool. That's very cool. Exactly. Uh, so if, and yeah, go ahead. If you, Sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. But yeah, if you go to no, my go. site and you sign up for, yeah, if you go to my site and you sign up for my newsletter, you get a free um, self-care guide, which incidentally, I wrote that guide like six months before COVID was a thing. So it's pretty lighthearted and it really has some great tips in it, but you know, it's, it does not have anything, you know, somber about a pandemic. There's nothing about masks and hand sanitizer, which I would probably add like in today's world. Um, but it's a really right. fun guide, you know, how to, you know, just pamper yourself sometimes. So yeah, it's free. Yeah. You sign it for my newsletter. Well, and I think that's important. And, and, you know, you and I have recently discussed this, um, And you were one of the first people I called when I got the call from my dermatologist was um, having skin cancer. 
and um, and you've had it before as well. And so it's it's one of those things of making sure we all are taking care of ourselves, not just on top of everything else, but also keeping those appointments and keeping those um, checkups and keeping those things. And it's it's I think sometimes that would be easy to put by the wayside and not cover and not do. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I had, you know, I've had three um, skin cancer surgeries, three different melanoma related surgeries dating back, you know, like 20 years from now or 20 years in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I had my, my annual skin check or, you know, I, I actually I go every six months now. My six months um, dermatologist appointment was during our lockdown that we had here in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And so my dermatologist office was closed, so I had to reschedule it. But I mean, as soon as they rescheduled, I was in there because all that's super important. And you're right. I mean, no one likes doing those appointments, you know, any kind of medical or dentist or anything. I mean, they're not fun. Okay. And uh, yeah, right now it would be the great, it'd be a great excuse to say, well, you know, I should probably stay home, but you know, you do, you still need to keep up with that kind of stuff because you don't want to like make sure you don't get COVID, but end up getting something else, you know, that you could have prevented. So. Right. Well, and sadly now I'm like, woohoo, I'm going to the dentist. You know, get out of my house. I know. I was the, my dentist appointment also got postponed because we were in lockdown and it was like the first place I really went after lockdown and I have never been so happy to go to the dentist. My poor dental hygienist, I would not shut up. I was just like, blah, 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 blah. I mean, because it was like another person who didn't live with me and that I actually got to see and converse with. It was the best. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> you know, but I mean, if I find that people seem to want to be more engaged in discussion now. Um, so, you know, even at like Target, sure. if, you know, when you venture out and everyone's wearing masks and um, trying to stay distant, I find that people tend to seem to be more interactive. And uh, yes. I guess a lot of that, I mean, uh, one of them was, uh, this guy, I was coming around the corner, and this guy um, was standing there with, a, I think, um, a thing of Lysol wipes. And his wife went, oh, where did you get those? And she like, it's like it was Christmas. <laughs> they, they like ran down the aisle, and they each were able to get one because they checked out separately. And, and, and she was like, oh, my God, this is the best day. You know, you can, I was like, it's like Mother's Day. It's like Christmas. You know, everyone started laughing. So it's just one of those shortage of toilet paper. 
and possibly nobody even uses the bathroom. <laughs> no. No, not that we are aware of, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but tell me, tell us about your story, Christmas Charms. Okie doke. Well, um, my new book, Christmas Charms, just came out the other day, and it's for Hallmark Publishing, the people behind the Hallmark Christmas movies that everyone knows and loves. They have a publishing company now. Um, so Christmas Charms is very much in the vein of those Hallmark movies that have just a little touch of Christmas magic. And right. uh, what it's about is our heroine, Ashley, at the beginning of the story, is working at a very upscale, fancy jewelry store on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. Um, she's from a small town. Like several years ago, she moved to the big city to work at this um, exclusive jewelry store. She designs her own jewelry on the side. She repurposes vintage jewelry and makes new things out of it. Um, but she's mm-hmm. kind of like living the dream. She has a long-term boyfriend. He's, they're almost engaged, but not quite. And he's invited her to go to Paris with him for Christmas to meet his family. And um, I don't want to give too much away, but, you know, something not awesome happens. (laughs) And she ends up (laughs) not going to Paris with her boyfriend. And um, she ends up going back to her small town where she's from, Owl Lake, which is in the Adirondacks in New York. I mean, it's fake, but that's where I put it. Um, And so she's on the train. Yeah, she's on the train going home for the first time in like five years. And she meets um, a stranger sitting next to her on the train, an older woman who's really nice. She's knitting, and Ashley pours her heart out to her and tells her, you know, all the things that have been going on the past few days that were bad. And when she wakes up, the woman is gone, but she's left her a gift, and it's a vintage charm bracelet. So Ashley, when she puts it on her wrist, she can't get it off. And as soon as that bracelet gets stuck on her wrist, all sorts of strange and wonderful things start to happen. And um, so that's what the story's about. I love it. It's just such a fun little twist for the holidays. And um, I mean, where did you, where did you come up with the idea of wanting to do a magical charm bracelet? Um, yeah, someone I put on Twitter that we were going to do this, and someone asked. I said, <laughs> if you have any questions about Christmas charms, let me know. And right away, someone said, where did you get the idea for the magical charm bracelet? And I was like, oh no, I don't know. Um, I've, I've always <laughs> loved charm bracelets. Um, I remember the first one I ever saw when I was a little kid. My, I, I remember playing in my mom's jewelry box, and she had this charm bracelet in her jewelry box. Now, get this. This didn't happen ever when I was in school, but my mom went to a private Catholic school when she was growing up. And so her charm bracelet was from high school, and it had all mm-hmm. of these, like, high school awards on it that were little charms. But she had one for typing and one for, like, best attendance, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So at their oh, school wow. – when they when they got their senior awards, they got little charms and were all in this bracelet. And I just remember thinking that that was the coolest thing. I mean, I just like loved it. And so I've always loved charm bracelets since I was a kid. Um, I have three of them. You know, it's no secret that I love Tiffany's, the jewelry store. That might be based, you know, that the jewelry store where Ashley works in New York might be based on Tiffany's. Um, so I have two Tiffany charm bracelets that I wear every day. I mean, they have hearts. Um, one of them has an apple charm because I got it in New York in the Big Apple. Um, but right. of course, when this book got contracted from Hallmark, I was so excited. I did splurge last year when I knew this book was going to be a thing and bought a special Christmas charm bracelet that has all Christmas charms, kind of like the one that Ashley has in the book. So far, mine cool. has not turned magical, though. So that's a disappointment. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that because it's pretty magical that the book is selling so well already like you're oh, you know you yes. had your pre-orders 
and now you know everybody's talking about it. I mean, and it was mentioned today on the Hallmark, right. the Hallmark Channel. I know, and you know, I knew that that was a possibility. My editor told me that um, Home and Family was probably going to, you know, mention the book or that we would have the book on Home and Family, um, but she didn't think it was going to be until next week. You know, neither one of us knew it was going to be so soon. Um, sure. Otherwise, of course, I would have been glued to Home and Family every single day, which I do have it on a lot. But this morning, I happened to be walking my dog Charm while it was on. So I was walking charm, and then I started getting, like, pings on my social media from people saying, oh, my God, I just saw your book on Hallmark Channel. And I thought, no, I missed it. I was so crushed. Um, but I, I have a really good friend of mine. You know her, Allison Burke. She writes for mm-hmm. Harley Quinn, or Allison Collins right. um, is her writing name. And so I knew that Allison is a huge Hallmark fan and that she loves Home and Family. And I knew that she recorded that show every day. So I immediately texted Allison, and I said, oh, my gosh, my book was on Home and Family. Do you have it recorded? And she, within five minutes, she had taken a video and sent it to me. So I was so happy I got to see it. But it will be on again wow. tomorrow morning. I just didn't want to wait a full 24 hours to see it again. <laughs> Show me now. I know. (laughs) My book's on TV. That's like never happened before. I want to see it. Right. Well, and it's fun because, Uh, I mean, it's, it's you, you and I both know, and I remember when you first thought about writing the story um, and to mm -hmm. see it come the full circle and then to see it, you know, mentioned. I mean, it's a huge deal. I, and, for anybody who doesn't know that process, this is what been a year and a half that from the first moment you started writing it. Probably, I mean, um, you know, I'm terrible at math, Patricia. I can't believe you're asking me a timeline <laughs> question. I, it's like my weakest in my writing are the timelines, and now I have to figure it out in real life. Um, it got con- let me put this. It got. I knew that it was going to be a thing. I got the official offer from Hallmark right after our big RWA conference last summer. So that was in July. Right. So right. Um, then that was so that was over a year ago. It was July 2019. So that's when I found out it was going to be a thing. But I had already been in talking to Hallmark about it for quite a while beforehand. I mean, it was about nine months for us to really nail it down. So this has been a, right. yes. It's been a long time coming. This was a book I really, really, really wanted to write so badly. I mean, I've worked with Hallmark a lot um, on other projects, but, you know, Hallmark Christmas is just special. You know, I just really, really wanted a Hallmark Christmas book. So I was really, really excited when it got contracted. Also, it's written in first person POV, which I normally, you know, um, I don't really get to write a lot of books in first person. I have another one, The Accidental Beauty Queen. And everyone really liked that book. That book did really well. And so um, I was, you know, I really wanted to do another first person point of view book because I just really liked that getting into the character's head. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is written in kind of like the same romantic comedy voice as Accidental Beauty Queen. And, And I'm just, I've been blown away all week by the reception the book has been getting. I've never had such an amazing release. It's been really, really fun. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited. And you were a big, big reader as a kid, correct? Yes. Um, I'm an only child, so I read a lot when I was a kid, for sure. <laughs> what were your favorites? Um, well, when I was a kid, kid, you know, like I loved Nancy Drew and Little House on the Prairie, the Trixie Belden mysteries. You know, I loved uh-huh. all of those, you know, little, those kid series. I just loved all of those. And, I mean, I remember I picked up my first romance novel, you know, probably in junior high. I remember I was on vacation. I don't know where I got it. I probably should not have been reading it. <laughs> 
looking back. <laughs> I mean, I think it was, it was a Harlequin category book, and it was set like in somewhere tropical. And I just was like, what is this? I mean, because I just loved how emotional it was, you know, and how, ooh, the hero is so swoony, <laughs> but he's so mean. But does he like me? You know, it was just like crazy. So that's probably not the most appropriate thing for me to be reading at the time. But, um, but, you know, I've always loved romance. I mean, you know, I think that I fell in love with romance novels way back when I first saw Gone with the Wind on TV when I was in seventh grade, um, uh-huh. which, you know, I'm not sure if it was just the romance behind it or just I really liked Scarlet's clothes. <laughs> so that was a romance between me and fashion alongside romance. <laughs> between me and romance novels. So, well, um, every time yeah, I see, every time, I can't help it because every time I see Scarlett O'Hara in that green outfit, I, can, I can't, <laughs> I can't, ha- I always think of the Carol Burnett show where yeah. she came down the stairs and apparently, I've, I've watched a couple of behind the scenes things, they didn't tell anyone they were going to put the curtain rod in until oh like the live taping. And Bob Mackie, who is the wardrobe genius, said, okay, this is what we're going to do, right before she walked out. And nobody <laughs> was ready for it. No one. Um, you can so tell because they just lose it when they see her. And I mean, I started laughing because I knew exactly what that that's what you were going to say. I mean, the curtain rod, <laughs> Carol, that's one of the classic moments in television. But yeah, it was hysterical. <laughs> Oh, I used to love that show when I was a kid. I mean, I loved to watch Carol Burnett with my parents when I was a little girl. That was such a good show. Tim Conway and um, Harvey somebody. Oh, gosh, I keep Harvey Corman. Harvey Corman. Mm -hmm. Harvey Corman. And Vicki Lawrence. Vicki Lawrence. Yes. Mm -hmm. They were all so funny. And and Lal Wagner, who was the original Steve Trevor. Mm -hmm. Yes. The guy from Wonder Woman. That's what I was about to say. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it was good. so funny because I remember seeing him like it was an entertainment tonight, probably 20 years ago. And he was, he became after the Carol Burnett show, um, he became one of the top like private trailer dudes in um, Hollywood. Like he was the one that he had like Lyle Wagoneers, I think it was what it was called. And so he could, um, they'd call him and say, okay, we're having this TV show and we need like six trailers for the stars. And he'd be like, all right. So he'd come out and they'd design them and have them set up and everything else. And yeah, he was was that guy. Mm -hmm. Wow. I had no clue. Wagoneers. How smart is that? That's super clever. Um, Yeah, I I know that. Well, he said he got Hmm. the idea when the Kel Burnett show went out to L.A. and filmed for like a week and they had trailers for everybody. And he said, where are these trailers coming from? And they said, oh, we rent them. He's like, wait a minute. So if I had an RV, you would rent it from me for someone to stay in between takes? And they said, yes. And he's like, well, that's crazy. And so that's where he got the idea of coming wow, up with this whole. Yeah. Oh, it was. it was. So smart. But apparently they went like, it was like crazy custom insanity. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like NASA was put in there. I don't know. <laughs> All sorts of crazy stuff. <laughs> so, so you are writing and reading and writing frantically, but you're, you also, I know you're a big reader still. And so you make time to read. Um, yes. How does that help you write better if you, if you're reading? Cause I know a lot of people think, well, I don't read what I write or does anyone, you know, should you read what you write? How do you balance that? Um, I have heard that before. I know a lot of writers, um, 
don't want to read while they're writing something or they don't want to read in their genre because they're worried that they'll accidentally, you know, and not copy something, but, you know, osmosis accidentally put something in their own writing that they picked up somewhere else. I know uh, that's Mm -hmm. a thing that a lot of writers worry about. Um, But I love to read so much and I always have, and I read every single day. There's no way I could stop reading just because I was writing something because if I was doing that, I would never read because I'm always writing something. Right. So um, I read a lot at night before I go to bed. You know, I put my iPad on the, the Kindle app dark mode and usually read for about 45 minutes when I first get in bed. And then a lot of times I'll read while I'm having my coffee, you know, early in the morning when I first get up because, you know, I can't I can't start writing at six o'clock in the morning. It would make zero sense. <laughs> so that's more <laughs> my reading time. But, you know, and I all I always read in my genre because romance, romantic comedy, women's fiction. I mean, that's what I write. And um, those are my favorite genres. And I just love the genre so much that I just don't really want to read anything else. You know, I don't want to write anything else. I don't want to read anything else. Um, But um, so, yeah, and I think that it helps my writing a lot because when I read a book that I think is really, really good, it really inspires Mm -hmm. me and makes me want to be a better author. Um, and I love that feeling. I love when I start reading a book and I can tell right at the beginning that it's going to be really good and I'm going to love it. And, um, you know, my writer friends and I will joke about it. We're like, oh, it was so good. I hated it, you know, <laughs> because it makes you think it'll never be that good. But those are the best books to read because they do, you know, they inspire you to, you know, do take risks with your writing, maybe do a little bit different things and um, and really grow. Right. And I know that there's times that I'll I'll read something and I go, wow, that was just so brilliantly structured in a sentence. And it could be right. just a, a phrase or a, 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 just one sentence or, or just it, like three words. And it was like, oh, that was good. I yeah. mean, it, it just I think that gets us to see more outside our box of writing, um, like you're saying, to challenge yourself to think a little deeper, a little broader and improve the writing in the, in the process. Right. And I love language. You know, I love to read something that just is a new way of saying something that's really descriptive or symbolic. I love that. But I also love to be surprised. So when I'm reading a book, and I, you know, usually, you know, you kind of have an idea of where it's going. But if, if, if a book really throws me for a loop and it still has a wonderful, beautiful, happy ending, but along the way, it's just like crazy pants and I don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, I mm-hmm. gasp. I love those moments you know, when I'm reading and it's fun to, you know, read those and then try and figure out ways to surprise your reader, you know, in the same type of way. Right. Well, and too, I, I, it's funny because I'll, you know, with the kid, my kids, I'll say, well, how do you think this is going to go in the story? And, and, you know, there's always little clues here and there um, about, especially when we've got kids ages 10 to 17. So there's this broad range of movies, but especially with the, like, um, Oh, we watched um, Monsters Incorporated years ago, and there's a part. And sadly, I'm going to probably ruin it for someone. But there's a part in it where one of the one of the characters says, "Does anyone know about this? Oh, does anyone else know about this?" And I paused and I said, "Okay, word of advice: if anybody says this in a movie, they are the bad guy." So you know, it's like we had to <laughs> explain. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're thinking of who else they got to go after after this. So, yeah, so <laughs> if, if that ever happens to you, say, oh, everyone, everyone knows, you know. <laughs> oh, my so how would you change this? Yeah, so it's, it's fun to see the differences in storytelling. Um, so you write mostly contemporary. Would you write a historical? 
Um, my literary agent once made me swear never to write a historical. <laughs> because, you know, my voice is pretty contemporary. And I do put, you know, some pop culture references here and there in some of my books. So, um, yes, I think it would be a big challenge. I mean, there would be so much research. I feel like I don't know nearly enough to attempt anything historical. I mean, because I would want it to be you know, really authentic. And so many people are great at that. I mean, Julia London is one of my best friends and she is really well known for her regencies and her, um, you know, British historicals and her Scottish historicals too. And I just don't know how she does it. We've gone on several girls trips together to Europe and it's like being Mm -hmm. with a tour guide because she knows like all about, you know, who, what coronation happened at what castle. And I mean, you know, she can just rattle it off. And I mean, every time I'm with her, I think, yeah, there's no way I could do it. I would have so much to learn. So, um, yeah, so I do love those books, but no, I think I'm pretty much a contemporary gal. So, (laughs) so what have you not written about yet that you want to like the 5,000 stories that are like on your to-do list? What, what oh, do you I know, really right? want to have not touch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, I love royalty. And it was even mm-hmm. in, my, in my bio. And um, so I actually just finished a really cool project that I can talk about because um, it's also for Hallmark. And it comes out yes. next June. June of 2021, and it's called Once Upon a Royal Summer, and I was just chomping at the bits so hard to write this story, and it was such a joy. I mean, I haven't done the edits yet, and I'm actually looking forward to doing them because I just can't let go of the project because it was so great. But the story, you know, I really wanted to write a royal romance. Uh, It's really kind of hard to come up with new royal romances because, you know, there have been a lot of them, and I will read the same exact plot over and over again. I mean, anytime there's a book or a movie where a heroine meets a meets a guy and then later finds out he's a prince and then at first is traumatized. Like that's the worst thing that ever happened to her. I will eat Mm -hmm. that up every single time. I mean, I love that. (laughs) I mean, it's so great. The prince in disguise plot, you know, is one of my favorites or if she accidentally finds out she's Royal, you know, any of that. I just love that stuff. It's just fun. Total escapism. Right. And I like glamour. So, you know, it's just so much fun. It's like a modern day fairy tale. Anyway. So once upon a Royal summer is about a theme park princess. You know, she works okay. at a theme park, um, you know, and dresses up as a theme park princess every day, interacts with the kids and all that, and has the character tea party. Um, but she, while she's at work at the theme park, she meets a single dad who's there with his daughter on vacation. And sure enough, he is a prince, but she doesn't know it. So we've got a theme park princess and a real life prince having a relationship. And it was so nice. much fun to write. So um, that <laughs> is coming out next summer. But what I, my dream project would be to do a follow-up to that, you know, similar, not exactly the same, um, and set at Christmas. So that's what I'm really hoping I get to write next. So it's very cool because you've got, um, you know, this wonderful relationship with Hallmark, and you had just recently lectured to a, a, publisher, a publisher group of authors, the Tule, about writing um, a Hallmark romance and talking about the different things that have happened in the past few years with with the um, Hallmark shows and everything and, and the diversity and the different types of stories that are coming in. But mm-hmm. I see that Hallmark is really keeping to that core that core want of family and love and, um, you know, the magic of the holidays. I I'm, I'm, have no doubt that Christmas Charms will 
see future time. I think we'll be seeing it. That's just my prediction. Um, I hope that so. It will be, I hope so. I know. Well, it, you know what's fun is yesterday I was flipping through pictures trying to find something, and I found the video of my kids getting all excited seeing you walk in the background on Unleashing Mr. Darcy, um, <laughs> where <laughs> they were like, there she is. Um, so your first your first movie with with Hallmark. So yeah, I think I think they I like you. Is. I think you're gonna be <laughs> yes. I think you'll be sticking around for a little bit. Well, you know what's cool is you really upgraded when it came to marrying Mr. Darcy. Man, you were third pew. I know. I really moved up in the world from being a speck in the background to being like sitting right behind Francis Fisher at the church. It was amazing. <laughs> How long did those different scenes take? Um, which scenes? The, the wedding. The wedding. Well, let's see. The wedding the scenes because there was two weddings. Yeah, there were two weddings. The, okay, so when we filmed them in reverse. So in the movie, the rooftop ceremony that's outdoors, um, the more casual ceremony, the more intimate ceremony comes first, and then the big church wedding comes second. But we filmed them in reverse. We filmed the church one first, and then we filmed the rooftop one the next day. And that, the rooftop ceremony took place at night. And, of course, it's supposed to be summer in the movie, but it was um, October in Vancouver, up on a roof in the evening, and it was really cold. Um, so when I we all had our coats on, and as soon as we would start rolling, everyone would whip their coats off, you know, and then put their coats back on as soon as we were finished. Um, but that was also the very last day of filming, period. So um, okay. that evening um, took a while. There were a lot of things to do because everything had to be totally wrapped up because it was the very, very last day on set. That took a while. The other one, the church wedding, was super fast because in the movie, all you see is them, he, him saying, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Donovan Darcy, they kiss and they walk down the aisle. That's it. That's really all you see of that wedding. And so right. it was really, it was really quick. That didn't take long at all to film. But the other one, like I said, took a while. Um, and the outdoor one, the rooftop wedding was funny because I, I, I was in the third pew in the, in the church one. I was not sitting quite as close for the rooftop wedding, but there weren't as many people there anyway. So I was sitting sure. down there sitting down with a few of the other extras, you know, the um, the other extra actors and actresses who play mainly in the background. And um, since we were there for a while, you know, we got to talk for a while. And I sat next to the same guy who I sat next to at the other wedding because I guess theoretically we were supposed to be there together like we were a couple. <laughs> but okay. um, it was funny because I, the extras that I sat next to that I met, I kept joking that they must be professional wedding extras because they had both been extras in the Twilight Wedding w- between Edward and Bella, which was filmed in oh, Vancouver. Wow. And they had also been extras at the Fifty Shades of Grey Wedding between Anastasia Steele and Christian Grey. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so they had got they, they got to see Christian Grey get married. They got to see Edward from Twilight get married. And then they got to see Donovan Darcy from Hallmark get married. So I thought that was wow. so funny. The trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh, you know what? That could be that could be a story. Oh, extras. Yeah. Like they keep running into That'd each other really at fun. weddings. Yeah. Yes. They keep running into each other at weddings. At See, weddings. everybody I listen, we're gonna plot a story right now. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cute actually. It would. Call it the the wedding extras. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. Ta-da! So you can write. So one of us can write that after uh, everything else we're doing. So you right, have, we'll get right on that. Yeah, yeah, because you know there's so there's so so much time. Um, so you also have a new. Um, how do I put it? You have a new addition to your household that arrived in the past few months. Um, yes. Do you want to tell everybody about right her? <laughs> Is she? Yes, I have. Yes. Um, yeah, she was biting my hand a second ago, but now she's chilled out. So I have a new puppy. Her name is Charm. She's a Blenheim Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. And we got her um, in July. And she is just about five months old, almost exactly, just a couple days over five months. Um, anyone who's familiar with my books and me or my social media knows that I had a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel that I just adored named Bliss. And actually, Unleashing Mr. Darcy a lot was inspired by her, and she's actually a character in that book. And she Mm -hmm. um, passed away in May from heart disease, and it was kind of sudden. I mean, I think I was in denial. I probably should have known. But um, I was just really devastated to lose her. And I do have another Cavalier who I love that's 10 years old named Finn, a little boy. And we have a rescue dog named Princess, but... I mean, I just really needed someone to fill that little hole that Bliss left behind. I just really wanted to get another, you know, Blenheim Cavalier. And so I got Charm, and she is the best. I mean, she is such a sweetheart. <laughs> she's a little pistol. I mean, her personality, she's so confident. She's a real great balance. Oh, she is. She does like this. Yeah, she really likes to cuddle. You know, like she's curled up in a ball sitting on my lap right now. She's very affectionate. But she also just really likes to play and go on walks and has never met a stranger. And um, so she's just a hoot. I have She's all over my Instagram if anyone wants to check it out because I can't help taking pictures of her because she's so adorable. Well, she seems to pose very well for photos. Um, so <laughs> it's almost like she knows that the camera's out. I think so. <laughs> So sure. not only and do you uh, have – yeah. oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say when my book came out on Tuesday, Hallmark sent out a newsletter, you know, letting everyone know that the book was out and you can order it, and they actually put, like, four pictures of charm in there. So I joke that now she's full of herself because she's a Hallmark star, like Candace Cameron Bure. Like, everyone knows who she is. So, you know, it was only a matter of Yeah, you better time. be careful. She's a scene stealer. Yeah. <laughs> Well, not only do you have Christmas Charms out, but you have another book out with a group of authors called Christmas Actually. So tell us a little bit about yeah. that. Um, that doesn't come out until December 1st, and it's an ebook anthology with um, me and 10 other authors. There are 11 of us, and we've each written a fun, lighthearted, sweet rom-com novella for this book. They're all different. They're all different stories. I've read all 11 of them, and they really are completely different, but all sweet, feel-good, cozy Christmas stories. And um, it's coming out December 1st, and our Big Bay Today bestseller list. So in that vein, um, we have the book priced at 99 cents from now until release day. So if you pre-order it or if you buy it the day it comes out, you can get um, the whole book for 99 cents, so 11 novellas. Um, and nice. it's been so much fun. You know, I had the idea a while back because when we went to our writers' conference last year, um, you know, you and I both attended a workshop where the author was talking about doing group projects like this with other authors. And a lot right. of one of the reasons why I wanted to do it, you know, is to, you know, expand my readership. So, like, my readers will discover these ten authors they may not have heard of before, and you know, hopefully, their readers will discover me. You know, and so it's a great way 
to introduce your readers to other people who write similar things to you, but, you know, they're a little bit different. Um, so that's one of the reasons to do it, and that's what this workshop was about. And so I thought, well, you know, that would be fun. I'm going to try and put a project together. But, of course, I had no idea that while we've been doing all the heavy lifting, all the real work on the project has been, you know, this year while, you know, we've been in the pandemic and everything. And it has been such a blessing to work on a group project, you know, when mm-hmm. I've been at home so much because um, it's really, you know, writing. I love writing so much. But it can be lonely because usually for the bulk of it, you know, you're by yourself. It's you and the computer. Right. So um, right. I've never really worked on a group project. So it's been really the great. The timing has been great. It's been a really fun thing to do this year, and I can't wait for everyone to pick it up on December first. Woohoo! Well, so we've got you've got you, and we've got Lacey Baker, mm-hmm. Lindsay Emery, Tiff Marcello, Victoria Shade, Sasha Summers, uh, Sahara Wilson, Shirley Jump. Carol Carson, Stephanie London, and Nancy Nagel. So that yes. is a, that's an amazing yes. amount of talents on the in it's that book. It's an exceptional lineup. It really, really is. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't believe that I got, you know, I, I just really couldn't believe that people kept saying yes when I asked them. But the workshop that we went to, I don't know if you remember, it was Sky Warren who was giving the presentation. Right. And she said, you know, if you want to do a project like this, just approach people that you don't even expect to say yes and say, look, I want to do this. I will do all the work. All you have to do is give me a novella. And she said, you'll be amazed at how many people said yes. And I'm like, that's exactly what happened. It's like, I'll do yeah. all the work. Just give me the pages. So, and who designed um, the cover? Yeah, um, actually, Jay um, Rashawn, who does my website, you know, who the designer okay. who does my beautiful website, she is responsible yeah. for doing the cover. And she's going to do – and the cover really is great. And she's going to do all the formatting of the inside of the book. So the inside of the book is just going to be beautiful. I mean, it's going to be really, really nice. So um, – and, you know, it's actually turned into a way bigger project than I ever expected. You know, I thought we would put out this little anthology. It would be great. We would try to, you know, hit the bestseller list. But we've, you know, we've all been so supportive of each other. We've been doing online chats every time someone has a, their own book out. And we've mm-hmm. kind of become this little group, um, you know, this su- almost like a support group and also like a promotional group for each other. So it's been, it's right. been really fun. Yeah. So hopefully everyone will go pre-order it for 99 cents at the same time they order Christmas charms. <laughs> right. So it's uh, Christmas actually, and it's on Amazon, Apple, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, and then if you just go to TerryWilson.net, it also has her book that was just released, Christmas Charms, is available to order. And then I'll, if you scroll down, you'll see the uh, pre-order links for uh, Christmas actually. So with all that going on, what is your? I mean, you've got another book coming out in December with this very cute little baby on the front cover. Um, and looks all Christmassy. So you've got three books for the Christmas season. I know. It's nuts. <laughs> um, yes. And, you know, that book is for Harlequin, special edition, and it's called The Firehouse Christmas Baby. And, you know, I wrote that book a long time ago, and the the books came the other day, like my author copies. And so UPS yeah. brings me this box of books, and I open it up, and there's all these, like, cute little fireman baby books, and I literally forgot that that book was even coming out. That's how overwhelmed I've been lately. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I forgot that that cute baby book's coming out. It comes out on December 1st, the same day as Christmas, actually. So that'll be a oh, big wow. day in the Wilson household. So, yeah, it's so, really cute. Yeah, everybody it's, um, it's, everybody send Terry good vibes, like the night of November yeah. 30th, so she doesn't pass out on I, all of the promotion. 
<laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because I'll still be promoting Christmas charms then too. There'll be a lot going on in December. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And 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 is this the is this the um connected with an another series, the special edition? Um the yes. Firehouse Christmas Baby? Right. Yes. It's part of my Love Struck Vermont series. It's book two in the series. Book one is called Baby Lessons. It came out in July. Um, so it's mm-hmm. book two in that series. And I haven't really, I haven't posted any pictures of the Firehouse Baby book or even really talked about it. Um, just because I like each book to have its big moment, you know. So, sure. uh, But I will. I'll be talking about Christmas, I mean, Firehouse Christmas Baby, you know, as we get closer. But, um, yeah, it is coming out on December 1st as well. And it's really fun. And it has a fireman hero, just like Christmas Charms does. I'm in a fireman lately. Yeah. Well, and you're lucky because the um, the fireman's calendar for Australia, the Australian firefighters calendar is probably coming out here in the next couple of months. So um, oh. I had reached out to the to the guy who runs that, and despite all of the the fires earlier this year for Australia, um, the guys still are working on the calendar to make sure it raises all that money for the charities. So um, oh wow, very appreciative that they're doing that. You know. Obviously for charity, but you know it's fire guys. You know that look other really reasons. good. Um, yes, yes, other reasons. They're reasons. <laughs> yes, because of reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yes. So we're always thankful for that and appreciative of all the first responders everywhere that help. Um, uh, you know anybody who needs it. Uh, so yeah. So you you're just like crazy busy. Do you think that you will write some more? Um, of the book that are the adaptations of the movies for Hallmark? Because you've had two in the past year, uh, The Story of Us and then Love at the Shore. Yes, the novelizations of already existing Mm -hmm. Hallmark movies. I love doing those, so I hope I get to write more of those. Um, You know, I don't know. We'll just see. I mean, if they ask me to do it, it's always going to be a yes because I love those projects. Right. And you were, we were talking about it, I know before, but, um, and, and a coffee talk or what have you, but it was about how many times you had to watch the movie to um, write the books. And you said there, was, there, there wasn't even a number that high. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it never gets old. I mean, it is when, when you first were called about the movie deal for Unleashing Mr. Darcy, it's just like it's exploded um for uh for you regarding books um it do you feel like it's just been kind of like this roller coaster since all that happened um yeah i mean yes for sure because i mean i was so fortunate to have you know hallmark adapt unleashing into a film and it was so popular the viewers just loved it it's still i think the highest rated Hallmark Channel movie that's not a Christmas movie. I mean, everyone right. loves that that series, and it just is so special to me, and so it just warms my heart how everyone loves it. Um, and, yeah, it's opened so many doors, so I'm super grateful. I mean, it's been really fun because I've gotten to work on different Hallmark projects from all different mm-hmm. angles. You know, I think I talked right. about that on that workshop that you mentioned earlier, how, um, you know, I've had books made into Hallmark movies, 
But then I've also written books that are based on already existing Hallmark movies, and now I have a Hallmark book out that hopefully one day will be a movie. And I've also, you know, when we did Marrying Mr. Darcy, there's no book for that, but I helped brainstorm a little bit on the script for that. So it's been really fun seeing it from all the different angles. I love it. So I guess at some time, at some point, I'm going to have to learn how to write a screenplay because that's something I'd really like to take a stab at, you know, just for fun, just to see if I can do it. Right. Well, and I think it's it's one of those moments of when you first thought I'm going to write, you know, an adaptation of modern day adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, and then and then it's like, and I'm going to set it in the dog show world. And I'm sure there were people that are like, huh, okay. But I mean, you you wrote the story that really spoke to you and you loved, and here you are, you know. And and why oh, wouldn't you? Right. I mean, when I had that idea, yeah. I didn't think anyone would want to read it. I really didn't. I mean, because I put my dogs in it because I love my dogs so much and I was showing my dogs at the time and I love Jane Austen. So I just thought I'm going to write a Pride and Prejudice set in a dog show. But I, I mean, I probably thought about it for six months before I even started it because I just thought it was so ridiculous. I thought who is going to want to watch this? I mean, I will because I love both <laughs> those things, but how many people are really going to want to see it? And the love for that movie still surprises me. I mean, I'm just like, it yeah. thrills me to death. But I never expected any of that to happen. I mean, it completely struck me by surprise, which was amazing. Because like I said earlier, I love surprises. So, yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Terry. And if you want to reach out to Terry, she's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and her website. And I will have all the links in the write-up of the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. Anytime. And this is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.